At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, it's Holden with Vison. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Monster show today. Abs looking to advance to the conference finals for the first time in 20 years. I think they're going to do it tonight, and I got a bet for you right there. Also got to address the Nas Kadri situation. Uh, Tim Connolly leaving the Nuggets for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think I'm in the minority here. I think they're going to be just fine without Connolly. Broncos OTAs. I'll update all the Broncos futures on Bet Rivers. We got a little bit of movement with the Broncos getting to the playoffs, plus some OTA notes. And then the Rockies have a day game today. Won't give you a pick, but I do want to look back at the Rockies at the quarter pole. So let's get right into this. Nate Kreckman's going to join me too, by the way, from Altitude 92.5. We'll talk abs, we'll talk Connolly, and probably something else, uh, as it always devolves into something <laughs> else, which I enjoy a lot. But the abs are hosting the Blues up three games to one. I'm looking for them to close it out tonight and head to the conference finals for the first time in 20 years. Okay, Bet Rivers lines. Even money for the abs at home tonight on the puck line, meaning they've got to win by two or more goals. The total here is six and a half. The juice over minus 108, under minus 110. And then you've got the minus 250 on the money line, which there's absolutely no reason to go and lay that juice. Now, I think an interesting way to attack this is if you're not comfortable with them covering the puck line, but you think they're going to win in regulation, you get a minus 250 down to a minus 150. Now, the tie is in play here, though. So if the two teams go to overtime, you're going to lose that bet. But grab the abs at minus 150 if you think they're going to win in regular time. 
The Avs team total set at four. That's at plus 102. The Avs have surpassed that total in the last two games. So the two games on the road, they scored five, then they scored six. Uh, at home, they had three, and then they lost to the Blues in game two, four to one. I think a lot of the reason for these uh, elevated goal totals, though, has to be the change in goaltending. Okay? So, let's get into this. Something else, uh, before we do that, real quick, something else to get into. Colorado hasn't scored first in this series. But if you think that, oh, just because they haven't scored first in the series, let's go bet them tonight, uh, that's a crapshoot. That's a 50-50 thing that's just waiting to happen. We're sitting on an abs in five ticket at plus 275. We're sitting at an abs in six at plus 400. So it looks like we're sitting pretty right here. And here's what I like. I like the avalanche big tonight. I like the avalanche to advance to the conference finals for the first time in 20 years. They absolutely owned St. Louis in St. Louis. I think they broke their will. Now you're on to a situation where the Blues goaltender is struggling and struggling big time. Big time. Billy Huso, I mean, he's given up, what is it, 89% save percentage? He's just given up goal after goal. 11 goals in the last two games? Are you kidding me? This team is motivated. They're pissed off the way St. Louis treated Nazim Kadri. Take the abs on the puck line tonight. Even money on Bet Rivers. They are going to stomp the Blues and put an end to the series and get some time to rest their bodies heading into the conference finals, whether or not they face Calgary or Edmonton. Some more things to talk about this game. They're just superior. They're just the superior team, okay? Top to bottom, top to bottom. They've covered the puck line in two straight. And this team's pissed off. I, I really believe that. With the way that the Blues treated Kadri in St. Louis, unacceptable. Uh, back to Billy Huso real quick, though. Blues are just allowing tons of shots. They, gave, they allowed 37 shots Monday night. Not surprisingly, the Avs shots on goal prop is 37 and a half. I'm going to pass on that. That's just set perfectly. But uh, again, Huso, four games, giving up two goals above expected for an 891 save percentage. That is no bueno for that man. High danger chances. Let's go look at those. The Avs had nine. The Blues had three. I believe this continues tonight. And I'll say this, though. It would be nice for the Stars to show up. McKinnon, McCarr, they had eight goals in the first round sweep of Nashville. But... Neither has scored in this series. Uh, you got Miko Rantanen, who has an empty netter. He led the Avs in goals during the regular season at 35. So you'd like to see some of these stars really start getting into the mix, getting going, and leaving this series individually on a good note. And I think, again, I think it happens tonight. Now, I do want to address the Nazim Kadri issue, okay? This guy's interesting. He's kind of fun. He had a hat trick in game four, right? And Pavel Buchnevich and David Perone attacked him. He was attacked in game four. Perone, it's the max that they could have given him. He had that cross check to Kadri's back. That is the most dangerous play in hockey with the exception of maybe, you know, boarding. Uh, it was a cheap shot, and, and they're upset that Kadri knocked out Bennington, but I got to tell you, it, it was not on purpose. It was a clean play, but I get it. The Blues are pissed off. They're getting 
destroyed in this series. They've really got no hope. And again, I think the Avalanche broke their will, and we'll see that tonight. But Perron got a 5K fine for the cross-check. Blues, this is what really got me going with Kadri, okay? And unfortunately, he got the racial online threats. He had the local police investigating. He had the NHL investigating. They're just mean. Just the, the St. Louis fans have been brutal. And I think this happens to just about every fan base. There's that small percentage of a fan base that's just going to go out there and make it personal or say something stupid. And maybe they don't have any ramifications or maybe they do have ramifications when you're sending this type of stuff. But I, I would think an investigation by the local police would probably be a nice way to start with this. I'd like to see some of these guys or maybe even ladies outed, but this really took it to another level. I thought the blues head coach, Craig Berube, sparked Kadri in that last game. I, I truly believe that. And everybody thinks, oh, Kadri is kind of a, he's kind of a dirty player. And personally, he's a little bit dirty. Yeah, he's a little bit dirty. It's nice. I'd, I'd much rather have the dirty player on the ab side especially the guy that just had the hat trick. But Barubi, the Blues head coach, he was talking about Kadri's reputation. He said he made some comments. So, so basically, Barubi said uh, Kadri has a reputation, and he kind of intimated that it was on purpose, which it absolutely wasn't. But uh, Kadri, after the game, after the hat trick, said he made some comments I wasn't a fan of. I guess he never heard of bill bulletin board material. And I think tonight, again... They go out, they absolutely destroy this team. Now, am I going to take the alt line at plus uh, or at minus two and a half, minus three and a half? No, but I'll tell you this once again. Okay, we are three and one with the live betting when the abs fall down one nothing. We are three and one now, and that's what I told you was going to be my game plan because I bet a ton live. Game one, they fell down one nothing, they went on overtime. Game two, they fell down one nothing. Now, game one, we got it at minus 117. Game two, we got it at even money for some reason. But they came back and they won it. Game three, again, even money. They fell down one nothing. And game four, um, they fell down and they won it again. So I would think tonight they fall down one nothing. You'll get a price between minus 110 and minus 120. That's where I would go. Hit it live. If you bet live... Hit it live. That's the way to attack tonight's Avalanche game. That was number one on the front range four. This is the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Number two, president of basketball operations, Tim Connolly. Surprised me. He left the Nuggets. He's going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And honestly, I don't blame him for leaving. Why, why blame him? He's getting a much better deal. I also think that I'm in the minority here, and I think the franchise is going to be just fine. Uh, we'll see what Nate Kreckman has to say about this, but think about it. You know, Connolly wasn't, wasn't one of the higher-paid executives here, and this is something where the Nuggets have a history of. You know, they're not going to pay the front office guys. They're not going to pay the head coaches. I thought they did a really good job of wrapping up Michael Malone, though. And it's just odd to see Connolly over in Serbia with Jokic and Malone, and, the, and now he's just gone. He's just gone. But think about this, okay? Now, is there any question that Denver is the more desirable place to live? Yes. No, no, there is not. <laughs> no, there is no debate 
about Denver being the much more desirable place to live. As a matter of fact, you know, Minneapolis, okay, but you think the weather is rough here sometimes. The weather is just brutal. Uh, it's dark. It's gross. The people there, it just, get, I can't stand Minnesota, okay? I can't stand Minneapolis. I'll just be honest with you there. And he got five years, $40 million in equity in the franchise. And that's what probably put him over. They said five and 40, you're getting a big raise, but now he gets equity. He's part owner. And that is just so much more significant than what the Nuggets reportedly offered. And then you look at the two teams. Like if Connolly's looking at the rosters, right? And we here in Denver are assuming Murray's going to come back healthy next year. You're going to have Jokic and Murray, and you know, we'll see. We'll see what Calvin Booth, who's going to be the you know the GM moving up in the front office, we'll see what Calvin Booth can do to adjust this roster to help them make a run. Obviously, health is number one, but Minnesota also has a young core, and I actually think Minnesota has more upside with Anthony Edwards and Edwards top top draft pick, Carl Anthony Towns, Jaden McDaniels bursting onto the scene. Okay. So on one side, you've got Minnesota with these three young guys. And on the other side, you got maybe the best player in the league, definitely the most valuable player in the league, and Nikola Jokic. And, and to me, I almost think it's a push because there's three guys as opposed to two over in Minnesota, but you do have the best player here. But I will still say this. If I have a choice between rosters and I have one of the best players in the league or I got three guys that are probably, you know, two of those guys around top 10, maybe another guy surging. I don't see Edwards or Towns or McDaniels ever being in the MVP race. Maybe Edwards, but not Towns, not McDaniels. The bottom line is this. The Nuggets just have the best player, okay? And Connolly leaves making the greatest draft pick of all time in my estimation. That, that was Nikola Jokic, 41. But he also leaves two horrible contracts with Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. And Michael Porter Jr. may not ever pan out. And that would be a huge, huge bust. I know they reached up to get him. Everybody liked it at the time. But everybody ignored the fact that Michael Porter Jr. had major back issues, back surgery. And it just hasn't gotten much better. And Aaron Gordon, I get it. Again, at the time, Aaron Gordon looked like a, a significant piece of the puzzle. Maybe the number three guy on this team, maybe the number four guy on this team, but ultimately not a good contract. And those contracts kick in this year. So look at it. Connolly did a great job filling in for Ajiri, who went up to Toronto and won a championship, okay? And I think they're going to be fine with Calvin Booth. Now, before we get to Booth, the Nuggets have... A, 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 this is a big offseason here. A lot of question marks, okay? They have not much cap space. They're going to pay the luxury tax. And Jeff Green and Jamichael Green have player options. Do you bring them back? Do you want to bring Austin Rivers back for the defense? Do you want to bring Faku Campasso back? They'll be free agents. I mean, if you're going to bring one back, I would bring Rivers back. Campasso is kind of a you know, 12th man at this point. Although we got a lot of run last year because of the injuries, but they're going to need better shooters around Jokic and they're going to need guys that can defend the perimeter. And Calvin Booth is stepping into a situation where it's not going to be easy to build it. But again, you have the best player out there. So it's going to give you a massive head start on everybody else.
Now, Calvin Booth is going to be the new GM, all right? He's been here for multiple years, and he was with the Pelicans as a scout. This was 10 years ago. Then he went to the Timberwolves, and he went to the director of player personnel, which is usually right below the general manager. And then he got the assistant general manager here in 2017. And then he was the general manager of the Nuggets in 2020. And now he'll be the president of the basketball operations. Do we know what's going to happen here? No. I mean, Booth is unproven in this role. But Tim Connolly followed up a jury. They had a jury. They had Connolly. Now they got Booth. There has been some success at that position here in the organization. Couple other thoughts here before we move on to the Broncos. The Nuggets are going to be fine, but their fan base, you got you have every reason to be upset. Every reason. They treat you like garbage. I mean, the the first thing is that you can't watch them on TV. Most of you can't watch them on TV. You finally had a chance to watch them once they got to the playoffs. And that playoffs it didn't last very long, did it? So that's the first thing. No TV. They don't want to spend money on head coaches and in the front office. Is that as bad as what's going on with TV? No, because they figured out a way to keep Michael Malone and they have had success replacing the president of basketball operations before. Okay. But this fan base, I get it. A lot of you don't think that Connolly, uh, that Connolly leaving is, is just going to be fine. A lot of you think it's going to be devastating to the organization. A lot of you are frustrated because the ownership doesn't want to spend money there. I still say the biggest thing is you can't watch them. Most of you can't watch them. Possibly the worst TV ratings in the NBA. And that's saying something. Okay. And the last thing, and this is kind of an avalanche nuggets combo platter for you. Okay. The Nuggets need a Naz Kadri on their team, a Nassim Kadri on their team, okay? They need a guy to get under everybody else's skin. The Nuggets missed that, and they missed that in the Warriors series. We saw Draymond, and there's other guys out there like Patrick Beverly, who's a lot of fun, and Steven Adams, who gets under guys' skins, and I'd like to see that. So Calvin Booth, one of your top priorities to me, go get yourself a guy that pisses the other team off. That would be absolutely spectacular. All right, that was number two on the front range four, the four biggest stories in sports on the front range. We'll go to Broncos OTAs. Broncos OTAs. Before we do that, let's get the updated Broncos futures odds on Bet Rivers. They are 18 to one to win the Super Bowl. It's plus 1,800. There's seven teams ahead of them. And it's just so fascinating. The Chiefs and the Chargers are two of them. Buffalo is the favorite to win the Super Bowl at plus 650. To win the AFC, plus 900, you'll get 9 to 1. You put $10 down, you'd win 90, you'll get 100 back. Plus 900 to win the AFC, behind Buffalo, behind Kansas City, and behind the Chargers. I mean, it's just wild, absolutely wild, how these three teams, KC, Denver, and the Chargers, three of those four teams in the same division. AFC West odds, Kansas City, still the favorite, plus 160. Chargers, still plus 235. Denver, still plus 275. I took a little dip on that, a little dive on that at plus 275. And for the Raiders, plus 650, they are heavy, heavy dogs in the division. Now, 
Here's what's interesting. I'm getting pushback from some guys I work with and some friends. They're saying, oh, man, that's a horrible bet. The Broncos aren't going to make the playoffs. Now, this opened somewhere in the high 120s. I think that's where we got in on it on the show. We saw it move into the 130s, into the 140s, and as high as minus 152 for them to make the playoffs. Some money came on on them to miss it. So I I guess my friends are not the only ones that don't think the Broncos are going to make the playoffs, and they say it's because they're too tough a a division. They can't do it. Well, I think they will. Minus 141, not juice that I'm comfortable with, but I think as we get closer to the season and there's more hype around this team, this team being a complete team, and even Russell Wilson said it. He's like, wow, our offense is terrific, but look at that defense too. I think as we get closer to the season that this narrative that they can't get to the playoffs because of the division, I think this thing closes closer to 150 than the 141 where it's at right now. I think people start to realize, wow, it is Russell Wilson. He does look great. There are great skill players. There is an energetic young coach. This is a team that's in a division where they could get to 500, where they could beat the Raiders a couple of times. They'll, they'll have a good shot of ending the losing streak to the Chiefs. And they could at least, at the very least, split with the Chargers, if not take two. But that, my friend, oh man, that's a bad bet. Why are you doing that? They're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, if you're thinking that they're not going to make the playoffs because of the division they play in, I think that's just the wrong way to go. Maybe there's other things. If you think that, the skill position players around Russell Wilson are not good enough, or the offensive line uh, still has holes, and there's a couple of below-average offensive linemen. If you think the defense you know, overachieved last year, or you're just not a f- and I don't understand how that's possible, or you think the special teams is going to suck again. Okay, I get it. I, I get where you're coming from there. I just think you're wrong. The pushback from my buddies that the Broncos won't make the playoffs. Again, I, I, I took the over 10 wins because I think they get to 11 and 6. We've got a 17-game season this year. There's no guarantees that the Chargers are going to be the second-best team in the division. Not at all. I mean, this is a franchise that hasn't been able to get out of their own way when it comes to head coaches. And I like Brandon Staley. But, boy, the fact that he could not adjust on the fly last year so that his team could just get to the playoffs – That still concerns me. Everybody in the analytics community just loves Brandon Staley. I'm an analytics guy. I I just wish that there, if, if you are a Chargers fan, I will say this. I think you should wish that Staley would budge just a little bit. That he doesn't just go by the numbers every single freaking time. But until he proves that, I'm not buying it. Now, they, they really bolstered their defense, by the way. But I think Denver... You know, probably Denver should have the same odds that the Chargers have, in my estimation. They should both be plus 235. Other lines, Russell Wilson plus 1,500 to win the MVP. What has to happen there? I think that the Broncos would probably have to finish first in the AFC. So 15 to 1, not going to take a dive on that. Javante, 20 to 1 to lead the NFL in rushing yards. Just six players ahead of him, by the way. Derrick Henry's the favorite at plus 450. I'm not going to bet that on Javante because he is in a a timeshare in the backfield. And even though he is 
I mean, he might be one of the three most talented running backs in the NFL at this point. Guys like Derrick Henry at plus 450, he's the favorite. Those are guys that are just bell cows. Those are the guys that are going to get the ball likely more than Javante Williams. And I think significantly more as well. So it's tough for me to lay a 20 to one there. Plus you've got Jonathan Taylor who owns his backfield. Now, Nick Chubb, he finished second last year with Kareem Hunt in the backfield, but the big difference was Kareem Hunt was gone for a while. So I understand. Here's the guys I think are ahead of him. I think Elijah Mitchell, if he could stay healthy, I think Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, possibly Joe Mixon, but Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry, just too big of favorites for me to lay 20 to one. Okay. And last but not least, let's get to some OTA notes. All right. Uh, there were three players not at attendance in attendance at the start of OTAs. You had Melvin Gordon. That's fine. Kareem Jackson, who was at his daughter's graduation. So that's fine. And Bradley Chubb. So just about everybody's on board here. You know, you don't have like Green Bay where Aaron Rodgers is not showing up. That's nice to see. And, and, not, and there are veterans that just take these things off, that take this time off and not Russell Wilson. And he really can't afford to this year, but not Russell Wilson. He's going to be there and he is there. I thought it was fascinating how Cortland Sutton at a press conference yesterday said that Russell Wilson's standard is like Peyton Manning. He goes, Peyton would come in, he'd wear his pants, his shirt tucked in, everything to a T. He had a mission. He knew what he was coming in to do. And it's a very similar thing that Russ does. And don't forget, because Russell Wilson actually explained what his friendship with Peyton Manning is and how it's growing stronger and how Manning helped Wilson make the transition to Denver. And they sit down and they watch tape. I mean, can you imagine this? Is there anybody better? I mean, maybe Tom Brady, but is there anybody better to learn from playing the quarterback position than Russell Wilson? A guy that beat Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl, a guy with a Super Bowl championship already, and he's only trying to get better, and he's only using the best player at his disposal. Peyton Manning helping Russell Wilson. Wow. Big, big, big. All right, that is... The three biggest stories on the front range four. The fourth biggest story on the front range four is going to be my conversation with Nate Kreckman from Altitude 92.5. So I want to talk with him about the Avs game tonight, Tim Connolly leaving the Broncos. And then before the end of the show, I'm going to get to the Rockies. They've got a day game in Pittsburgh, so no plays today. But I want to look at them at the quarter pole. They're 20 and 22 and uh, a little bit better than I thought they'd be, to be perfectly honest with you. Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5, joining me next right here on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Welcome back to the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Holden with Visa. And of course, you know Nate Kreckman with Altitude 92.5, hosting afternoons with Andy Lindhall. 
Um, you work for the company that uh, is owned by the company that has two really good teams. Yeah. The Nuggets, who obviously took a little hit, maybe, this week. And the Avalanche, who are looking to get to the conference finals for the first time in 20 years. Nate, welcome back to the program. Let me start with the Avs here. Yep. What kind of buzz you feeling from the fans that you're talking with on the air? A lot. A lot of it. It's it's passionate right now. And this, this St. Louis series has, um, I think, really brought it out. Playoff hockey is uh it's a unique animal it's uniquely stressful um as a viewing experience for sports fans and i think that you know playoff hockey and guys stepping up and being heroes and moments creates a a connection between between fans and the team the players and all those kind of things and that's all happening right now this st louis series has been great It, it really has now yeah, you know, I say that, and and there has been um, unbelievable uh, stupidity and ignorance and and just garbage uh, that that has been injected into the this whole thing, the the threats um, and Islamophobia and racism that that Nazem Kadri has experienced online, um, incredible threats that the organization took seriously enough that they were willing to say, uh, you know, we need extra security and the support of St. Louis police. Um, it, it's been disgusting, quite frankly, and. And, and see, that sucks because, and, and, and of all people, I, I mean, the Blues completely dropped the ball. Uh, Craig Berube, F that guy, right? Completely dropped the ball. Nazem Kadri of all people, was the one that was just like, yeah, boo me, yell at me, heckle me, all those good things. Like, that's that's what sports fandom is supposed to be about. And I like good, passionate sports fans. I don't I don't mind being a villain in that regard. Um, and, and, and he was. There's the added element um, which is really, really unfortunate and displeasing and gross. Um, but Kadri going out and having a hat trick in, in the face of, of, of everything, okay? After a collision, by the way, a collision. He, he, didn't, he didn't run the goalie. It was a collision that he could not avoid um, on, on a hard hockey play and an unfortunate play. And it sucks that Bennington got hurt. Um, but, that, but that happens in hockey in a, in a sport where guys move at those speeds. And it can be that difficult. And... You know, Kadri gets tangled up with Rosen and couldn't stop, you know, trying to make a hockey play. He's reaching for the puck. So for him to go out in the face of all of that and put up a hat trick, it I, I mean, Holden, it, it was it was legendary. A performance for the ages, I I think. And um, you know, for, for, for everything that he said after the game, um, just how poignant everything that he said was, how powerful everything that he said was. It, it truly was one of the coolest things I, I've seen in sports in some time. And, you know, now, you know, the, the, there's there's a rivalry here between Colorado and St. Louis. This is a Colorado team that is that is phenomenal, that can absolutely win the Stanley Cup. Although, God, good luck to Tampa Bay right now. But still, um, th- th- this is just – it's been absolutely wonderful. It's been a gift to get to watch it and talk about with people – every single day and yeah that that game four the other night um it truly it's it's you know we watch a, a billion sporting events um and, and we forget 99 percent of them right never gonna forget mm-hmm. watching that game never gonna forget Ooh. uh watching that performance from nazim kadri um it, it was legendary 
So I'm in the camp. There's a few things. First of all, this franchise, the players are pissed off about the Kadri situation. They don't want to go back there. No. There were some cheap shots. I think that St. Louis is already defeated. Yep. You saw they, they weren't even trying to win the game there at the end. They were just trying to inflict pain. Oh, they got their asses kicked. And, I, I got the abs on the puck line. Even money tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if they won by more than two goals at this point. How do you mm -hmm. see game five playing out at home tonight? I, I, I think it's going to be a tough game. Um, and I think St. Louis is, is going to come out and, and play motivated because – um, there's a lot of there's a lot of champions on that team and they're gonna be motivated. Um, but but I agree with you. I think at this point in the series, Colorado is just too much. I do think for St. Louis, and I give them credit, they got a couple of power plays and they took advantage of it in the second period. Um, but for Craig Berube to have let his team uh, lose their cool the way that they did, um, hand Colorado a five on three, and then have Kadri of all people be the one that scores. I know it technically wasn't on the power play; it was like a second afterwards. Um, but that's, you know, you, you blew the series for your team. You were thinking about the wrong things. Um, you were focused on the wrong things. Again, I think St. Louis is a good team. I think they come out and play hard and, and give the Avalanche game tonight and all of that. But I absolutely agree with you. This, this Colorado team's not going back to St. Louis. I mean, it really is remarkable. And they're about to just throw those 20 years in the trash. I, I can't. Listen, it would be a, a colossal collapse if that happened. But mm -hmm. the fact that Bennington's out. The fact that these secondary guys have really carried this team is what makes me feel good about it. I think Calgary, Calgary would be a very tough matchup. Yep. It could be a seven-game series, right? But we got futures on the Avs in five, the Avs in six in this one, and I'm feeling really comfortable with that. So Bennington out, secondary players. Can you imagine if McKinnon and Landeskog and Miko Rantanen all get hot tonight? I mean, this could be a bloodbath. Yeah, no, and, and McKinnon's had a tough series, and you got to give Ryan O'Reilly and, and his line credit uh, mm -hmm. because they really they have given uh, some problems to Nathan McKinnon. So I I give O'Reilly all the credit in the world. Kale McCarr has only sort of gotten going so far in this series, but it goes to show you, like the Nashville series, you know, McKinnon's got five goals, McCarr's got ten points. There's the stars coming out and, and carrying the team, and then this series against St. Louis, the Avalanche are up three games to one, and really. Uh, largely on the um on the, on the play of the other dudes and hockey truly is it's a R twenty three versus your twenty three sport and and you you win on depth especially at this time of year. Okay, so we got that out of the way. And by the way, uh, who says in net again? So maybe over four is another play for the Avalanche tonight. Um, the net the Nuggets. Mm. So. Are the Avs a lot more popular than the Nuggets here in town, just from your sense of talking with people? The television ratings will prove that out, but are the Avs a bigger story or bigger than the, the Nuggets? Because I can't imagine it. I look at the handle, just bet on the NBA. I get the buzz from the people here, but I think the TV ratings are going to prove it, and I think a deeper run by the Avs might cement it. What do you think about that? This is a good hockey town. Right. It, it is absolutely a yeah. good hockey town. And the Avalanche is a, you know, their their history as a franchise has been more successful than that um, of, uh, of of the Nuggets. The Nuggets have never won an NBA championship. All of that. Um, this, is a, this is a great hockey town. This is a good basketball town. Now, Nikola Jokic helps, but obviously the you know, we, we, we know the challenges and the situation with television and everything like that. Um, it kills the Nuggets. It, it absolutely does. It hurts the Avalanche, too. Uh, there's no doubt 
about that. So it's, yeah, it, it is a source of frustration. I think it has damaged um, fandom and been really disappointing, especially because, you know, the Nuggets, you know, like I talked about, it's not a proud history with that franchise. You know, there's, um, you know, since I've been and I've lived in Denver and I, I've covered this team since 2004. Uh, so basically, you know, when Carmelo Anthony got here mm-hmm. um, was when I started to cover the team. And the, the mellow years were fun. And there was a run to the Western Conference Finals in 2009. They lost in six to Kobe and the Lakers in a series where Denver absolutely could have won that series. There, there's no doubt about that. Um, but, you know, and then the downturn and now Nikola Jokic has, has turned into an absolute star. But to your point, again, um, there's a there's a limit on it. There's a cap on it because of fans just flat out not being able uh, to watch the games. And, and it sucks. And um, and there's fingers to be pointed all over the place as a result of that. Um, but, but I do think it's damaged the fandom a little bit. And, uh, you know, right now, don't forget the Avalanche are, they're in a championship window. And they're in a championship run. And they can win the cup this year. They can win the cup. Quite frankly, they maybe even you could say should win the cup right now. Versus the Nuggets, people looked at that team this year and said, okay, well, you stayed out of the plan. Well, you you basically <laughs> hit your peak, and then they got run by Golden State. Now it looks like the Warriors are going to win an NBA championship. Nate, any surprise that Connolly bolted for Minnesota? Once once I learned that there was an ownership, ownership stake there, I, I don't know if the, the Nuggets really could have done anything. I know that there is some criticism over there that they're not paying them, but personally – you offer me a chunk of ownership, then I think he was it was a fait accompli. And I don't blame Cronky for not offering him ownership, but thoughts on Connolly leaving. Where yeah. does it leave us? Yeah, the moment I saw what the offer was, it was a no-brainer for Tim Connolly. He's got to go and he's got to take that job, right? That's that's life-changing. Um, $40 million in an ownership stake, you got to take it. Okay, so... Um, I, I don't think Connolly wanted to leave, but you you will only have that put in front of you um, a couple of times, if, if any of us are so lucky, a couple of times, and you have to say yes when somebody wants you that badly and they're willing to go to those extents to get you. Tim Connolly did a marvelous job with this franchise. Um, he, he did a marvelous job building a good basketball roster. I think one thing that is underrated in what Connolly did is he built a culture here in Denver. And... Um, I, I, I firmly believe uh, that the best executives in sports are, you know, they're excellent scouts, they're excellent personnel-wise, they make savvy moves, but also they, they set the tone of what they're building is going to be like. And, and Tim Connolly had a vision for what he wanted it to be here in Denver, and it was one of, uh, of looking for loyalty um, and looking for team basketball players. And he got a chance to build around Nikola Jokic, who is – one of the great, truly team basketball players of all time. Tim Connolly did that. And that is what the Nuggets are going to have to carry on once he leaves. And that's going to be, I think, for Calvin Booth, one of his challenges to be able to step into that role. We assume Booth is going to be the guy to step into that role and do that, in addition to continuing to draft well and all of that. As far as the roster, Holden, like it's kind of built, right? It's kind of. Is it? There, there's not much to do. Like. And I say that, I'm not saying that it isn't worthy of improvement. There's not much you can do with this roster. Jokic, you're going to lock Jokic up on the Supermax. Jamal is locked up. Porter is locked up. Aaron Gordon is locked up. Um, Will Barton is still in a contract for another season. Monte Morris is still in a contract. Bones Highland is on his rookie deal. Zeke Naji is still 
um, on his rookie deal. You have three maxes. You're already in luxury tax territory. Um, yes, like try and operate and make trades in whatever way you can. Jamichael Green is probably back in a Nuggets uniform next year at $8 million. Um, absolutely do what you can, but it, it, there's not much flexibility right here. They push their chips to the middle of the table with this roster. And to be fair, we have never seen a, a complete and, and full complement with this group at the MVP version of Jokic. We saw it in the bubble a couple of years ago, and, and they went to the Western Conference Finals. Um, but since that time, they've not played a single playoff game with Jamal Murray on the floor. They didn't play a single one with Michael Porter Jr. on the floor this year. Um, and, and so we don't know what this group is truly capable of. Yeah, I just think that Nuggets fans look at Connolly like he's the savior. And he was ultimately they had – he was very good at his job. Mm -hmm. But he also left a bit of a mess. They don't have any draft picks coming up after this year, right? No first-rounders for a little bit, maybe three years, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the Aaron Gordon deal, which was lauded by many, not going to be good. That kicks into effect. Michael Porter Jr., not a good deal. That kicks into effect. So while the, the, he did a great job changing the culture, drafting Jokic, made the greatest draft pick ever, mm -hmm. There's still a lot of problems he left behind. And I, and I hope that Calvin Booth can figure out a way to dig out of that. Um, here's the thing, though. Everything that you just brought up, they don't have to be problems, right? Porter but, can come, be come on, Nate. A, a healthy Porter playing like he did the second half of last year is, is a championship piece. Mm -hmm. um, Aaron Gordon who took large steps forward this year. He did not have a good series against Golden State, but took large steps forward this year. I think there is still more growth to be had in that game um, and can still be a good player for this group. There's also, and, and look, I, I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses here for Tim Connolly, um, but, but you know, on Aaron Gordon, that, that's a prime example of, if Aaron Gordon's a free agent, he doesn't sign with Denver. He doesn't right. sign with Denver. Um, you have to make a trade, and then once that guy is in the building, you have to lock him up, and then you have to build with him is absolutely what you have to do and, and get him built into your culture and everything else. Like, that, that's what you have to do um, here in Denver because you, you are not going to attract high-leverage free agents um, here in this market. It, it just has never been done. And it never will be done. This is an NBA flyover city. You want to hear something that's funny, though? Let's have it. That popped up this morning. Um, Kevin Durant. And listen, we got a long offseason, right? We got June and July. Hopefully the Avs will make that run. Uh, who is it? McCollum. Who, what's his first name? Not CJ. The, there was a writer. And he asked Kevin Durant. He goes, what's your favorite place? And he goes, obviously, New York's, LA's. They're the best. Phoenix is the one I love a lot. I like Phoenix. Scottsdale area is dope. Miami. Denver, actually. I like Denver a lot. Well, it's super chill. Well, I mean, he was high yeah. with, with uh, yeah, he was, he was high with David Letterman. I mean, let's go. Let's just start the, the rumor right now. You know, here, let's be idiot fan and go, Michael Porter Jr. and, and Aaron Gordon, your first round pick for Kevin Durant. Isn't that equal? I, uh, I, I support that move. I am a fan. Yeah, me too. I think they should do that trade. I Hot take. I think they should do that deal. Oh, that's spectacular. Any, um, any other thoughts locally here? Any Broncos thoughts? I just did a quarter poll 
review of the Rockies. I mean, it was a, actually I give them a C for so far, even though they stink over the last two weeks. Right back on and, the IL, and and I love them. I love them because you just bet the under every time yep. on these road games. Mm -hmm. It's spectacular. Mm -hmm. They got a day game today, but how are you feeling about the first forty-two with uh, the Rocks? They are who they are. They, you know, they've they've shown us exactly who they are. Um, the, the biggest disappointment for me has just been the inconsistency of the starting pitching. Herman Marquez has been atrocious. Um, cannot find his fastball right now, tinkering with his grips, whatever he's doing. Um, some Something is way off right there. That's been the biggest disappointment. Outside of Crone, the lineup stinks, um, yeah. which that's that's not surprising. Bryant being out is a huge disappointment, obviously. Defensively, they're awful. Um, the, the bullpen stinks. They, you know, early on in the year, we're like, yeah, 68 and a half wins. No, Colorado's better than that. I'm not sure they are. I'm, I'm truly not sure that they are right now. Um, and they've they've taken the dip a lot faster, uh, especially the, the home road, you know, altitude elevation, sea level dip um, faster than I thought they were going to. They're, they're, they're a bad baseball team. And they're just, they're, they're boring. They're, they're boring. They're not interesting. There's nobody fun to watch, you know. There's no, there's no Nolan Arenado. There's no Trevor Story. There's no DJ LeMayhew. They didn't always win when they had those guys, but at least they were fun baseball players to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, now it's old Charlie Blackman, who's it's painful to watch him play in the outfield. Um, again, when Marquez isn't good, he's not nearly as much fun to watch pitch. They're they're really just they're lame. They're a lame baseball team, and I and I hate it because I I want to watch Rockies baseball even when it's not winning baseball. I I should be able to be entertained by it, um, and and it's not entertaining. I'm just looking forward to the All Star break when we can get the adjusted lines, because right now they would probably be around a 73 win team, 73 and a half. Yeah, and it stinks. I because I'm with you. Yeah, I I bet the over on them before the start Did of the season. Yeah. Yeah, that was my future on the rocks. I mean, come on. There's a lot of time left. Um, any talk about the Broncos right now? Sure. Anything going on there? OTA. What? what? Russell what is Wilson it? and mobility and looking good in the red zone and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. There's, uh, there, there is excitement over the Broncos potentially not stinking. I think it's interesting that Peter King ranked them fourth out of four AFC West teams. That gave us a little content earlier this Ooh. week. I got to say, King's – his logic wasn't that bad. His logic really wasn't that bad of like, yeah, talented, improving roster, but new coach, new quarterback, these things aren't always crisp right off the jump. Um, it, it might take a minute. And so I, I thought that that was uh, an, an interesting argument to make, and I think that that is something this team's going to have to overcome. When did that come out? When did that story come Monday. out? Monday. So it's interesting. The, the line on Bet Rivers, Broncos to make the playoffs, was minus 151. Mm -hmm. I was saying to myself, boy, there's a lot of money that came in because it knocked it down to minus 141. So money saying the Broncos are not going to make the playoffs. I wonder if Peter King's story had anything to do with that. Because those of you that don't realize, a lot of these riders, when they come out with an opinion and they're big names, they can move a line. Yeah. They don't even know it. Peter well, King wasn't trying to move a line. Well, and also, Peter King's not pulling it out of his ass. He, he didn't come up with that on his own. He talked mm -hmm. to connected people around the sport. Like, that's, you know, he, he talked to people that, uh, you know, talent evaluators and executives and, and people, scouts, people that really know the game. Um, you know, he pointed out here. I Actually, I got the number here. Um, and, and this isn't bad logic. Okay, pointing mm -hmm. out 
Aaron Rodgers, um, his his release time and yards per attempt, his first year with Lafleur, which is it's it's the most succinct comp you can make between Hackett and Wilson. It was mm-hmm. Lafleur and Rodgers in year one, 2019, uh, 17th in the NFL in in yards per attempt. It's seven per um, and a and a, a time to throw did barely below three seconds, which that's long. Okay. Um, the the time to throw the release metric got much better 2020 and 2021 um in 20 he was third in yards per attempt 21 he was seventh uh both years hovering right around eight per a yard better than he was in 2019 he won the mvp in both of those seasons there's an adjustment period um the veteran quarterbacks have to make when they start to play in this system i think there's an adjustment period for the skill position guys um uh, for getting your personnel that you want in place on your offensive line. I think those are those are all very real things. Now, I think the Broncos are good. They still can absolutely make the playoffs right now, but I think that that is something um, that they're up against, a very real challenge they have to overcome. Mm. I've taken that into account. I just I think defense and running the ball is going to get them where they need to be, mm-hmm. and then Russell Wilson is going to put them over the top. But it is a great debate. It really is, and it's one we'll be having as the season goes on. What do you got on the show today, Nate? I'm sure you got a lot of abs talk. Yeah, we're uh, we're gonna be downtown right near Ball Arena, and Ooh. yeah, we'll be talking to Brandon Burke from TNT, who will be uh, who does a telecast. I, I think he's very good, by the way, the play-by-play guy for TNT, um, and just in general, a, a lot of Avalanche discussion leading right up to an earlier puck drop tonight. Thank you very much, Tampa Bay, for sweeping Florida. Uh, we get a six o'clock puck drop tonight which is uh, greatly appreciated by this guy with little kids. This is awesome. Are you going or are you just going to go watch it at home no, after I'm hanging go out home there? And sit on, sit, by the way, hold, sit on my brand new couch and watch. Oh, yeah? Big week. Oh, big week. Is it corduroy, faux leather, real leather? What, what Leather? What do you got, Nate? Uh, I, let's talk couches for just a second. Italian leather, my friend. Whoa! Somebody's moving up yeah. in the tax bracket. Yeah. Wow. We, uh, we we made an investment in our asses in our house, and we wanted to have a comfy couch. Uh, plus, we we were told by, and this absolutely makes sense after having had a toddler now for four years. Uh, mm-hmm. Leather makes for an easier cleanup. Uh, so, oh, yeah. so we were yes. also thinking in that direction. So yes, I'm talking about fine Italian leather uh, yeah. purely for the sake of one day, it's going to be easier to wipe puke up off of it. No, no, no. That's, that's a big reason why. Yeah. Not kidding. Well, welcome to the 28% tax bracket. Welcome to the fine Italian leather uh, couch club. It, it really is a wonderful one. So we're part of the little kids club. we got little kids yep. and leather couches and the tax brackets. Just amazing. Nate, thanks for the time, my friend. Thank you, Holden. A deep dive into the Rockies at the quarter pole. We'll look at the NBA Eastern Conference Finals odds next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Front Range 4, and thanks a lot to Nate Kreckman for coming on. Front Range 4, I got number 4 out of 4. So, we did the abs, and I got him on the puck line tonight. We talked about Tim Connolly leaving. 
We also talked about the Broncos OTAs and how the Broncos making the playoffs has dropped from minus 151 to minus 141. Let's talk some Rockies here and get the Eastern Conference Finals odds on Bet Rivers. We'll start with the Rockies. There's a day game today, so no plays. I'll just tell you for transparency, I took Pittsburgh on the money line, first five in the money line for the game. Now, we've got a move by the Rockies. Chris Bryant, I mean, he just he's done nothing. Uh, he has to go to the IL again. He's back on the IL, retroactive to May 23rd. And 43 games for the Rockies, 42 games for the Rockies. He's played in 17. Uh, still hasn't hit a home run. So that signing not looking great right now. The guy's got to get healthy. And I want to look at the Rockies at the quarter pole, though. Here we are, quarter of the way through the season, just a little bit more now. And they're 20 and 22. But over the last 30 games, so after that nice start to the season, 10 and 5, they are 12 and 18 after the last 30 games. Their offense, no Chris Bryant. C.J. Crone tied for fifth in Major League Baseball with 11 home runs, so at least that's good. And as we expected, the offense is awful on the road, where the team is 6-11. and 11. Uh, This is some nerdy baseball stats, okay? So if you're listening to the Rockies part, not fast-forwarding to the NBA part, you probably know what this is. Weighted on base average, they're 27th. Weighted runs created plus, which is adjusted for stadiums, 28th. 29th in ISO, isolated power. I mean, they're just bottom five and everything. And they've got 44 runs scored on the road, which is absolutely abysmal. It's easily the lowest total in Major League Baseball. Easily, not even close. Now, at home, offense as good as we thought it was. Eh, kind of. They're 14-11 home. They're first in weighted on base average. They're ninth in ISO the power and then 17th and weighted runs created plus, which is not great, but this is exactly what we thought would happen. With the Rockies, they'd hit well at home. They can't hit on the road. That's exactly what's happened. And I keep betting these unders and they keep hitting. So we'll go to the pitching. All right. Marquez slow start sends a tele IL Chad cool has been a revelation after a couple of rough starts, went back to Pittsburgh, pitched very well. I'd say, and then Freeland, you know, Freeland's had these big blow up innings, but he pitched well again. So I would say the starting pitching to this point, I'll give him a C, C minus. The bullpen, ugh. <laughs> it looked good early on, but they are 27th in K rate. They don't strike anybody out. They have the seventh worst X FIP, which is fielding independent pitching. Just takes fielding out of it. God, the defense we'll get to in a second. Second worst, Sierra in baseball at 3.98. What does that mean? You just take about every meaningful stat as far as pitching goes. You put it together, and they're really bad. Defensively, I think this is probably where they've been the worst. That and their road offense. 23rd in defensive runs saved. Third most errors in Major League Baseball with 36. They are a Travisham mockery defensively it is difficult watching them in the field so what is the verdict what's the verdict here i think you have to put the whole thing together and after 42 games the fact that they're only two games under 500 puts them well on their way to the over 67 and a half wins if you bet that i'm going to give them a c just two games under 500 better start than i thought is it going to go south? It definitely can. You know, if, if I see a number 
where their season win total is around 75, 77. I'll bet the under there. It's just, it's too much. It's tough to get win totals right now. Hopefully we'll get adjusted win totals at the all-star break. All right, just to wrap things up here, let's look at some NBA Eastern Conference Finals odds. Boston at Miami, series tied at two. I will not have a bet on this game pregame. I bet the NBA live. Uh, and also there's just too many question marks as far as the injuries go. But let me give you the lines, okay? Miami plus two at home, plus 110 on the money line. Boston minus two, minus 132 on the money line. This is down in Miami. And the total extremely low at 204. I'm actually kind of leaning toward the over here. There's a couple of Bet Rivers boosts, though. Winning margin under three and a half points in the Celtics' heat. It was plus 140, now it's plus 250. I want to get into this for a second because a winning margin of just a, such a close winning margin, we haven't seen that. We haven't seen it. As a matter of fact, we've seen it one time in the last 18 playoff games. One time in the last 18 playoff games has a game been decided by three points or less since May 10th. The average final margin is 19 points per game over those 18 games. We've had finishes of 30, 35, 39, 27, 25, 25, 33, 28, 20. Now, the last one, two, three, four, five games have been more competitive. We had a nine game or a nine point margin, a six point margin, a nine point margin. And then these last two games have been 20 and 10. I got a hard time back in that, even though I love the boost, you're almost doubling it from 140 to plus 250. Jimmy Butler, the other one, Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum to combine for over 57 and a half points was plus 140, now plus 150. Uh, here's another one I got a problem backing because Jimmy Butler is playing hurt. He's got that knee. Hero, Lowry are questionable. As of this taping, Marcus Smart and Robert Williams, the Time Lord might be out again. And the Heat have been great at home. Prior to the Game 2 blowout, they'd won 10 straight games at home. But you look back at Game 4 in Boston, the Heat's starting five, put up 18 points. That is awful. Jimmy Butler had six points. Are they going to be better? You would think so. But Boston's just the better team at this point. Better team. They got two of the best three, two of the three best players in the series with Tatum and Brown. We knew that coming in. But ultimately, this is a stay-away spot for me Pre-game, I'll probably look at the total um, at some point in time. It's at 204 right now. Maybe we get this thing down to 200, 201, depending on if there's a slow first quarter or not. And as far as the series price goes, Boston minus 175, Miami plus 140. I mean, series is tied at two. Miami has two of the three home games here. If you like Miami, I wouldn't blame you for backing them at plus 140. That's just not for me. All right. Thanks a lot to Nate Kreckman for hopping on. Thanks for you uh, to li for listening. Thanks to you for listening. I really appreciate that too. Uh, it's been fun doing this show today. Again, abs, puck line, even money. I hit it on Bet Rivers. Hit it on Bet Rivers. Tim Connolly gone. Fine with it. Broncos lines, again, I've got them going to the playoffs. Minus 141 is where it is right now. I got it closer to minus 125. Since money's coming in on them not to make it, this might get down to the minus 130. So I'd hold off on that one. 
And then there's the Rockies. I'll be back tomorrow. Joel Rush covers the Nuggets for Forbes. He'll join me. We'll talk more about Connolly and the Nuggets here in the offseason. Thanks for checking out the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers.